What is up everybody? Orlando here, right on cue with another episode of our Follow the Plan podcast series. Today I sat down with Chandler Warren, one of my friends and teammates at Team Mahav Six Blades Jiu-Jitsu here in Fort Worth, Texas. We had a good conversation about jiu-jitsu and life in general. It was a little shaky because we had some interruptions and uh, we were cutting it close before class. So some people walked in towards the end, but the conversation happened still the same. I'm looking forward to sitting down with him again over some uh, booze and brisket and having more time because uh, he's a very easy person to have a conversation with. And I think you will really enjoy this next uh, hour or so. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride with my good friend and all-around badass, Chandler Warren. All right, what's up, everybody? Orlando here with Chandler Warren, uh, purple belt at Team Maha of Six Blades Jiu-Jitsu here in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, first off, Chandler, thanks for sitting down with me and making time. Absolutely. I know it's been kind of uh, back and forth on finding a time, but... Yeah, well, said a minute ago, life of a salesman. You're a busy man and uh, a family man, and you're here often. As much as I can be. Yeah, so um, that's one reason why I wanted to chat with you. For one, um, as the school's growing, you know, there's been a group of people, and now that the group is larger, but that are here regularly. Um, and you're one of those guys. You're here uh, very regular and uh, an integral part of our team, and I think it'll be great for everyone just to get to know more about you, and for us to talk about jujitsu and uh, your kids, we've talked about hunting a little bit, and uh, just a few things, and for everyone to get to know you. So, um, I guess the first question is, how long have you been training uh, jujitsu? You came here as a purple belt already? No, you came here as a blue belt, right? Came here as a blue. That's right, because you got your purple belt. That's right. So, uh, how long have you been training? Where'd you start? Kind of how how did you find jujitsu? I've actually known about jujitsu for a. You know, obviously with the uh, UFC, all that stuff, the Gracie's bringing that attention to it. And my brother, I have six siblings. My oldest brother is 10 years older than I am. And one of the things we bonded over besides football, I grew up in West Texas. And out in West Texas, you know, if you watch the movie Friday Night Lights, that was my high school. It's about Permian, but my high school was Midland Lee. Okay. Um, and growing up, I got, you know, I always say I never saw Beyond Friday Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw I care about being was a middle league football player, and my oldest brother, I have two older brothers, I used to watch them, and uh, they were my heroes. Like I want to be just like them. I want to put on the uniform. The first football number I wore was my oldest brother's number, and uh, because he was so much older, it was always hard for us to kind of bond except for that. And then he started having me over watching UFC fights. Uh, he moved back after his time um, in the Merchant Marines, and. Um, we got to have some fun. Yeah, he always tried to help me train, get ready for football, whatnot. Um, run me to death. I didn't like running. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing we bonded over was, was watching that. When I was in college, uh, one of my friends, I ended up joining a fraternity, and one of my little brothers had been a world champion at Purple Belt when he was there. Oh, and cool. uh, I kind of knew what jiu-jitsu was, but I really didn't know. Well, he ended up signing up my best friend. So, again, another Midland Lee, Midland guy. Right. My best friend since we were... Before we were born, my dad and his dad were friends. Okay, okay. He started in college. He's two years behind me. He's my protege. He's supposed to be just like me. He keeps talking to me about it. Hey, come sign up. Come sign up. In the meantime, I go off, you know, start a family, all that stuff. He's still training. He's going to law school. He's trained 
his pedigree is pretty cool. Like he was trained underneath um, after Tech, after Texas Tech, he went to OU and trained underneath Lovato. Oh, cool. Um, got his purple belt from Lovato. Uh, then he went to Midland back to practice law, and he got his brown belt from Bruno Bastos. And then all in the meantime, his girlfriend, now wife at the time, uh, he's visiting back here in Dallas, and he always loved going to Machado. And he got his black belt from Machado two years ago. Okay, cool. So the reason I got into jiu-jitsu was I was into heavy lifting weights. Uh, the reason I was good at football was mostly because of my work ethic. And I was an offensive lineman. I'll stay offensive lineman. I started in college as offensive lineman, and did you tell I'm not very big. I'm not, Where'd you go to school? United States Merchant Marine Academy was where I played. Okay. Got hurt and ended up at Texas Tech by default. Cool. I, was, I remember walking. I just had surgery, and I tore everything in my left knee but my ACL. Wow. And I'm walking in at Tech. I, I want to keep my hours up. I didn't want to go back home and be a right. bum. Yeah, I'm going to get my surgery, and then I'm just going to keep um, on my path, you know, keep my uh, grades up and all that stuff. So when I go back up, I'm not behind. I didn't lose any hours. Right. Um, stay ahead of the curve, right? So I remember my head coach calling me as I'm walking at Tech, and if those who were at Tech back in the day – uh, remember the, what the biology building was. Um, I'm walking between there. It's a big open area. And I see all these girls walking by, and I go, "Yeah, I'm not coming back." <laughs> Merchant Marines. There was, there, I mean, there was. It was. It, it was ninety yeah. percent men. So, right. No, no, nothing wrong with that. I wanted to serve my country. You know, nine eleven had a big impact on me. That's what I wanted to do. But everything fell a different way for me. Yeah, life happens. So anyway, so. Um, Fast forward, I'm, I'm, I'm being to lifting weights. Uh, my son, my first son was born, and I had reached the pinnacle of my weightlifting, you know, where I finally said enough's enough before I started hurting myself. Um, I tell everyone the story. It's just funny to me. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. So I, I'm strong, lifting all these weights, but I get down on the ground to play with my son, and I'm just so gassed after like 30 seconds. Wow. He's a little baby. I'm just trying to get, get up and down. It's hard. I'm going... What's wrong with me? I, I lift all these weights. I should be in the weights I was lifting wasn't just powerlifting. It was what we called cardio weights. Mm-hmm. Um, I was figured that the uh, aerobic size w- was catching up with that, but just didn't happen that way. So finally, it dawned on me. I go, "What's the one sport my best friend at the time has been talking to me for eight years at this point? Go try, go try." I'm like, "No, no, no. I do boxing. I do this other stuff. I'm not gonna go do that." And I finally dawned on me. He, go, he, we're talking. and goes. You want to play through your son on the ground? So yeah, and he goes, what better sport than something like jiu-jitsu <laughs> where you're on the ground all the time? Right. I said, okay. So I walk into my first gym. I, look, I simply Googled on, on my phone, jiu-jitsu. Uh, I was living in Dallas at the time, uh, over in uh, Oak Cliff. And I was like, jiu-jitsu, type it in. I remember seeing a Paragon that was on um, over in Bishop Arts, close to my house all the time, but it closed down. And I see this gym, AMBJJ, which is right five minutes from my house. I walk in, you know, just not knowing what to expect. I look around, I go during one of their mat times, you know, about noon, and I see everyone working out, and I'm going, this is pretty cool. Mm. And uh, without hesitation, they said, do you want to try it out? I said, yeah. I put a gi on, jumped on the mat. I wasn't even signed up yet in my first class. I get done, and my abs cramp so bad, I, I couldn't sit up. <laughs> uh, I remember the guy that first taught me, I think his name is Mike Henderson, and I loved him, but... I'm trying to sit up. He's sitting there like, give me a hard time because <laughs> I can't sit up. And they were, I'm just shrimping. Right. Right? And uh, just hip escaping. And I try to sit up. My I get a full body cramp from my chin to my knees. And I'm stuck stuck in a fetal position. And you haven't even made contact with anyone yet. It, no. Just it's, drills. Yeah. Just drills. And I'm going, this is bad. I'm out of shape more than I thought. So uh, that's all cools down. 
I go and I yeah that was at noon so then I go do my lifting my abs everything loosens up and I'd hit the highest weights I've ever hit that day I bench pressed 500 pounds three times oh my goodness um two in a row took a break because I wanted to get on record you know record it just right. like no one ever believe me I got the third one up um but before that, I had done this recipe with cardio weights. I'd done over four, uh, over 100 reps above 400 pounds before doing that oh my on gosh. bench press. I turned around and did squats. I was doing squats at uh, about 650 for a set of eight. Oh, my goodness. I was, did some deadlifting. The gym where that didn't like deadlifting, so we just put on a couple weights and tried to do it nice and slow. Right. But I was pulling 600 pounds and just sitting down nice and easy. And, uh, you know, we didn't want to slam anything over there. Right. So I was going, I had hit all these milestones in my lifting career that, you know, as strong as I've ever been. I was going, What's okay. Yeah. So I go back to the next day. And I'll never forget this. Uh, we, you know how when we have our new white belts come in, it's a nice feeling out process? Right. It's not what happened to me. It was <laughs> like a, they fed me to the sharks. I was right. in there. I say the sharks, 135-pound black belt. I'm 300 pounds at the time, 298. Right. Yeah, 298. Yeah. I never, I've never hit over <laughs> 300 pounds. I'm very proud of that. Um, and he just smokes me. Uh, on top of me for five minutes. Half I'm your size. Probably less than half my size, right. right? So I figure I can bitch press him off me. I just throw him off me, right? I can bitch press 500 pounds. I'll throw you armbar. Wow. Yeah. Um, he, his, I call it voodoo to this day. His pressure on top of me was so draining, I couldn't breathe. Wow. And I was going, okay, if he can do this at 135, mm -hmm. what can I do at my size? Right. And it kept me coming back every single day. And I remember triangles, arm bars. I was getting smoked. Probably, so I was trying to be a very good ambassador to our new white belts, where mm -hmm. it's like, this is hard. It, it, it's learning to, it's not even learning to walk. Right. You're learning to crawl. You're starting over as a baby. And you have to learn the vernacular. You have to learn the vocabulary. Not just the uh, linguistic vocabulary, but your body has to learn a new vocabulary. Right. You're going to use muscles you never felt before. It's like people swimming. You know, I grew up doing swim team all the time. and. Right. Uh, when you swim, start you know, start swimming again. You realize, oh man, my back hurts from weird spots. Mm -hmm. This that, and the other. You're using muscles you're not used to Never using. Used, yeah. And just is much the same. And you gotta learn. Okay, yeah, I hate doing daily heave. I hate doing. This. What is daily heave? Right. You know, the best thing I love is, you know, especially with a lot of our uh, Brazilian instructors. You know, they talk. You know, daily heave, daily heave. Yeah. Like, trying to type it in the, on the computer. D E L A H I V. Yeah, yeah. To, it, Hold on. So you, you gotta learn all these, all these terms right. when someone says we're gonna work on half guard today. Well, what is half guard? To us, it sounds very similar, right? We're very uh, repetitive. Yeah, but right. day one. You're like, what the hell are they talking about? It's it's a flood. It's drinking out of a fire hose. Right. So I try to distill it down. We want to talk to those guys, keep them motivated because we need those guys. We need oh, those yeah. white belts. Those people oh, yeah. coming in. And I try to relate my experiences that way. And how long ago was that? How long have you been training? For uh, five years. Five years. Okay, okay. It was five cool. years ago. So it was right when my son was born. Um, I just wanted to. It, it was more about getting in shape and uh, feeling good um, more than anything. But um, it became a. One as I will say, as a competitor, as a person who's always been involved in sports, and my outlet was that I turned to weights for that outlet, but got boring. And I'm one of those guys that I love weightlifting huh. because. Here's this piece of iron that's not supposed to move, and my job is to move it. Right. What's jujitsu? What's football? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna impose my will upon you, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm gonna try to do. So I, I've always said, you know, uh, talks about you know this, this temple of iron. And also, I, I love weight rooms. I love I love just good old fashioned sweat boxes. Mm -hmm. um, but I needed something more. 
and it actually started impacting my personal life when I didn't have that outlet anymore. Right. I coached football, I coached wrestling, I did stuff. I was, I was a chemistry teacher um, and a football okay. coach. Uh, two of my boys are playing uh, in the NFL now. Really? One has a Super Bowl ring, so I'm very no proud joke. of that. That's cool. Um, another one will have one soon. Uh, but proud of that. It, it was always it, it was always a competitive edge to me, right? right? It was always there, and I lost that, and I didn't know what to do anymore. And it started impacting my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't figure out what it was, you know. So that's when I started, you know, my wife and I, were, you know, we were, we were fine. I mean, it was just we didn't know how to talk to communicate, and it was because of me holding all of this. I need this outlet. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer. I started getting diving in the same time. I started diving into philosophy. Started diving into jujitsu. Started diving into a bunch of different things. And this may not be a popular opinion nowadays, but I do believe that men are men and women are women. Mm-hmm. Um, not talking about all the other stuff. Uh, the, the, right. the, I'm just saying that if you go back to the core of human beings, that there are hunters, there are gatherers. They all have a job to do, and when you don't have that ability to go out and reach into that primal instinct, you lose something. Mm. And my body, I think my body and mind were trying to tell me, you got to do something, you got to do something. This isn't you, you, you know. Right. I think that primal instinct was trying to come out, and it wasn't coming out in the best way. Right. Um, that's when I fell in love with jiu-jitsu. I'm getting my butt kicked out of here. Right. I wasn't like I was winning, you know, starting right. off. I was getting destroyed all the time, but it was this calming effect that came over me after each round, after each match. And I'd go home, and it made me a better husband, mm-hmm. made me a better father. Yeah, and so it just, it, jiu-jitsu was, jiu-jitsu was a new path forward for me that just, I can't say enough great things about it. Yeah. Um, I forgot kind of what, where we're at with that one, but my, based my experience, kept coming into it, um, starting off as, you know, a little white belt, a little white belt, a big yeah. white belt. Yeah, a big um, white belt. And getting, getting back into the chance to compete. Uh, I loved that part. You know, that was fun. That, that's what's fun about jujitsu is that um, you can compete. I've said this multiple times, but you can compete, you know, as long as you want to. And it doesn't mean, you know, you're not, you're not an athlete because, you know, if we're not competing every month. But you can still compete as a hobbyist, if you will, or whatever you want to call yourself, whatever title. But you can compete as long as your body is able to do it to your 50s, 60s. I think everyone's seen the lady now who just got her black belt. Uh, you saw that, you know, 60-something yes. years old and uh, competed in Vegas this past weekend. There was a story I read. One, one of the things that drew me into it, and I don't know if this is an accurate story. I just tell you I read this story. It was a story about Helio Gracie. Mm. Helio, Helio. Uh, in the 70s, challenged the world champion in his same weight division, uh, black belt adult. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, back then I read a story, I didn't know what that meant. Right, now I right. it means a little more, but the thing that drew my deals, he said, you can't beat me. And uh, the match ended in a draw. Wow. Neither one won. Right. But his words were, you won't beat me. 70 years old, being able to do that? Against anyone, let alone someone probably... 40, 50 years younger, something like that. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. That, that, that's, what, that's what drew me into it is I, I plan on doing this, and this will be an integral, an integral part of my life. And for my children, I hope they enjoy it. I want to get them exposed to it, but I'll never push them into it. But for me, this is a staple of my life. And that's kind of one of the things I talk about purple belts is if you make it to this purple belt range, you've right. made this a part of your life. Yeah, for sure. Because you, you and I both know, and a lot of people listening know this as well, 
Um, it's like the easiest way to get rid of someone in jujitsu is to give them their blue belt, right? So, <laughs> you know, it's what we see is like people get their blue belt, they disappear. And, and once you get the purple belt, it's like it's, it's just a matter of a little more time. And, and, but the dedication's there. You've, you've invested enough that it makes no sense to stop now, right? Exactly. Um, you know, something that I like to tell everyone about you, you were talking about weightlifting, is um, for one, you're one of the most, I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of athletes, a lot of high-level athletes. Uh, I've been very lucky. Not that I was ever a high-level athlete, but I've been around them. I got to coach a few of them. I've never been around anyone more explosive than you. Maybe other guys that are as explosive. Um, and you and one other guy here, Solomon, who is Solomon's very Solomon's more explosive, Solomon's more explosive <laughs> but but the power I've seen you. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I tell this story to other people. There are times. Uh, one thing that I love watching you is you're a big guy. People who don't recognize Chandler don't know Chan Chandler yet. You're a big guy, um, but you don't just rely on your size and strength. Um, you're very athletic. But I've seen you do a Turkish get up. For people who don't know what a Turkish get up, you, you can Google it. But I've seen you, I can't remember if it was Lionel or somebody, it was a bigger guy. And just basically do a Turkish get up and just get them off of you. You know, there was technique there and everything, but it was, it was also just that strength. And the fact that you, can, you have that there is nice, but you don't rely on it. You rely on your technique. And before I got hurt, you and I would roll and you never hurt me. You never, you know, and you outweigh me probably by 100 pounds or close to it. If not more. If not more. <laughs> um, you never hurt me. And you never just relied on your strength. You would still play. And we would play. And, and that's what I love to see guys your size, bigger guys that, look, jujitsu is jujitsu, whatever your style is. If you're a big guy and you're just going to lay there and smash people and it works, then by all means, it works. But if you want to really improve your technique, there's more to it besides just being big. And that's why I love watching you because you're not just a big, powerful, strong guy. You also have that athleticism and you also try to do things that, that you know might be tough to do. And maybe you won't uh, put it completely into your game, but you, your mind is open enough that you will try a De La Hiva. You will try things that, you know, our body structure is very different. That's more, I'm long and lean and, and uh, my legs can do some things. Um, like when you triangle someone, we all get a kick out of it because it's, it's not something you're going to do a bunch of, right? No. But the fact that you try it um, impresses me. And I think that's what a lot, why a lot of people enjoy training with you or rolling with you, whatever it is, is because they feel safe. They feel comfortable. They know you're not going to just smash the hell out of them and use your size because, and I know this from, from spending enough time with you on the mat, that's not helping them get much better and it's not helping you. Now it, it is important sometimes that you do that, that you just lay on me because I also got to learn how to, to defend that. Absolutely. But you don't just lay there on me for five minutes because that's not going to help you either. I would venture if you ask Solomon this question, if you watch back his final match, uh, Solomon, our new um, Masters world, world champion. That's right. I'm so proud of him. That's right. It, it just, I, I, I feel like I want something watching. I, I want something I want to start like, tearing up over it. It was just, we know how much work we put in. Yeah. But I watched that final match and I saw that guy trying to smash him. The guy was if you go back and watch it, there's a point where the guy's putting his forearm down on him, and I sat there, I'm watching my TV in my you know, I'm outside, sitting there being bad, drinking, watching this match, and uh I go, He's got this. The guy's not heavier than me. Again, it's not about me. Right. It's what I bring to the table. All of us bring different attributes to this game. Um I think it was Gordon Ryan. I, I didn't have much I should say 
I didn't really understand Gordon Ryan and John Danaher very well. I got to listen to them a little bit, and I actually found a lot of respect for them mm. in their discussion about abilities and attributes. Mm. So all of us have different abilities, all of us have different attributes. And I started going, that's, that's a very important concept. And we mm. all bring different things to this table. I bring size, strength, and I do hope explosiveness from time to time. I'm mm. a little bit slower than Solomon. Solomon has, he's a lot faster with his movements. Um, mine are more condensed and big movements when I need them. Right. Um, so a couple of things were there. Anyways, a couple of things in there. So when we're all rolling together and, you know, you have me at 270 going with someone that's 120, um, I'm not going to sit there and smash them. If I'm getting ready for a competition, my mindset changes. Totally. I, I have to go into, it's time for me to start digging and pushing myself mm-hmm. in different ways. And I may find different ways of doing that, but there's, there has to be a shift. I can't just play on my back at that point. Right. As we all said, we all have a different game plan. I'm on top. Mm-hmm. And I'll play on the bottom and mess with that while, you know, I'm not ready for competition. But when, when it's time to go competing mode, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's right. And that's what I'm going to play. But just like I told you, one reason my marriage got better, with I had an outlet. I learned how to communicate. Mm. That's what it takes out here. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you're a new white belt walking in, whatever. And it's always a little bit stifling. It's just I try to be open with everybody. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Hey, if you're hurting right here or if mm-hmm. you don't like this position right here, talk to me. Right. Um, if you're constantly in a spot where I'm smashing you, like it, it's funny. Uh, I love working with uh, our white belt, uh, Ryan. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I love working with him. And he'll sit there one day, he goes, man, I thought I was getting the hang of it, and now I'm just back. I'm going, Do you, are you seeing what's happening? Right. You got better. So I had So to, I have to increase my pressure on you. I have right. to do these things. And eventually it's going to the point where I'm putting full pressure, and you're able to escape. And he probably, probably, light bulb probably went off for him. He was probably like, oh, okay, so I, I am improving. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can't, and that's the hard part. You can, this reason I think competing is so, so important. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell how good you're getting. Right. Until you go out and face someone else. Because we all know what we're doing in here. We right. all basically know everyone's game. Right. I know when I go with Solomon, what he's going to do. When I go with Chris, what he's going to mm-hmm. do. Um, typically when Leo's with me, I, I kind of know what his game plan is going to be. Right. And so it's those fun, those fun moments when they change it up on me that I get lost. I'm like, oh, game change. Well, I think you and Solomon, and I don't think anyone would argue this, um, you know, you two training together so often is a big benefit for you. It's a benefit for everyone, but without... You being here without Solomon regularly, and Solomon being here without you regularly, um, you're you're. Uh, it's just the fact that y'all's y'all's size is compatible, your strength is compatible, and your level, the level at where you're at in your jujitsu game is compatible, and I so that helps say our because is compatible, but, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact that you two guys, two big bulls, can go in there and and you don't have to, you know, when you're rolling with me, you can't do that. And so you're able to do that with someone else, your size, strength, and skill level, and and you're able to, and I think that's why both of y'all's game has grown so much in the last year, year and a half, uh, in particular, because you guys train together so often, and and everyone else as well, but just because of your size, that helps. There's a lot of guys that I can train with and go all out. Being one of the smaller guys, I don't have to worry about it too much. You guys got to consider that more often. But you, this is this is the fun part of it. And by the way, uh, I know I mumble, so for those, I'm kind of into this now. I'm going to say it earlier. When I was teaching, I told my kids the same thing. Um, I mumble. I tend to go fast. Ah. If that happens, I apologize. Slow you down. Slow me down. Will do. Again, communication. That's it. it. That's it. Um, The important thing, though, in rolling with someone our size, Mm -hmm. as I said earlier, is if you decide to go to the competition, and especially when you hit your blue belt, Mm -hmm. and you won't go to open class, 
I don't, I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm not saying that I'm the greatest. I'm not saying I'm the biggest. But someone at my size, my strength, my speed is hard to come by. Mm-hmm. You can get used to training with someone like me out here. Right. When you go into those moments, you shouldn't feel as nervous. Right, right. When you sit there and go, us oh, ultra heavyweight. Jasper, our new, uh, you know, yeah. Jasper and I, we started at A and BJJ together. Oh, okay. And okay. that's where I've known him for so long. Like okay. all those guys, I, I, Jasper used to frustrate the crap out of me with all of his lapel games, this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. But Jasper got used to working with a heavy body, mm-hmm. and so his mindset is when he goes in there, he's like, I don't, it's whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I've beaten big guys. You right. know? Um, I can handle someone big and strong. Why not take advantage of that in here? And at the same time, my responsibility is to be protective of my partner. Right. Not to sit there and, and just jump on them and land on them and, and, and hurt them. Right. I got to watch out for you as much as giving you the opportunity to train with someone big. It's a give and take, right? Yeah, for sure. Talking about Jasper coming over here and you've known him before. I know there's a few other guys. So how did you find Team Maha? How did you find Lionel here? So uh, I was so sad to leave Dallas. Um, I always wanted to live in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. You know, even back to my days in high school, I wanted to go to TCU. My family's from here. Okay. My dad went to Arlington Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, uh, this is always kind of the spot that I wanted to end up was okay. in Fort Worth. Okay. Um, unfortunately, six siblings, a lot of stuff, I didn't have the ability to go to TCU. Right. I needed a scholarship, but whatever. Not another story. Um, my wife's from Fort Worth. Okay. Uh, her family, her mom, generations, like five generations deep here. Okay. Um, so we finally decided to sell our house in Dallas, and I was freaking out, going, "I loved my gym. I loved what we did over there. I was, I, I just, I didn't know anything different." Mm-hmm. So I went to my instructor and I said, "I'm sorry, you know, I'm moving." And of course, she goes, "Well, you can just drive over here." And I'm going, That's "Alex, good. it's thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, an hour at times. Right. I got two kids now. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I need something that's gonna be in my in my area." He told me, and I said, I looked up two spots over there, and uh, one was um, uh, Marco Santos, mm-hmm. and the other I saw was brand new. It just kind of popped up, was Hibero. I knew Hibero because I think it's funny that we're, as we're talking, that book's right in front of me. Yeah. My best friend, tying this back to him, when I first started, he said, go buy Jiu-Jitsu University book. I remember reading that. Mm. And... Um, so I was like, okay, I was a little familiar with the ideas and the concepts. I read that thing front to back probably five times now. Really? Um, you know, I highlighted different portions. And so Alex told me, he goes, go see Lionel. Go to, go to the Hebrew gym, uh, talk to Lionel. And he goes, it's, this is the game for you. This is what cool. you need to be doing with your smash style, everything else. This is the right spot for you. Cool. And so uh, I guess apparently, I mean, it just it worked out. Came yeah. over here, yeah. I walked in. I got to meet uh, Luciana, ask some, ask some important questions, you know, kind of the style of, of teaching. And, you know, I'm very big on concept more than um, ABC. Right. I've learned my ABCs. Um, and it's good, always good to go back and, and, and focus in on those. But I needed to understand conceptually what are we trying to get to, you know, that way when you're in the middle of those roles, the reason I can use those explosive moments is I know kind of where I'm trying to get to yes. and uh, not expose myself. Yes. And it's all based on concept. When did you um, come, when did you come here? I can't remember. It would have been April of twenty twenty. Twenty, yeah, okay. It was right. So when I first came in, started training. We got mm-hmm. shut down by the pandemic. Right, right. I couldn't uh, remember how. It, it feels out. like it's been. I feel like you've been here, but okay. So I, was, I remember you being new and being like, "Oh, there's another big one for you know." But uh, I couldn't remember how long it's been. Yeah, 
Uh, it hasn't been that long well, at all. It feels like it's been forever. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was April of 2020. Yeah. My son was born, my second son was born March 4th, 2020. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so right it would have been April of 2020 when I first came in here. Okay. Started training. COVID happened, which it actually worked out because I was remodeling the house and I was actually doing all the work. Gave you some time. Worked myself. So yeah. I was doing all that stuff. And then when everything opened back up, I was back in here um, pretty regularly. So I know you're a big, uh, you're a big football fan still, football. right? So what what else do you do with your time? So you 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 come to jujitsu. I know you're an active father. You talk about your wife. What else do you do with your free time? You work a lot. I know that. Work. But uh, for hobbies, do you do anything else, or is it just jujitsu? Jujitsu is, uh, is probably my primary hobby. Um, uh love hunting, love camping, love the outdoors. Um, that probably one of my big passions, fly fishing, things like that. Oh, cool. Uh, any high fishing, um, bird hunting. Don't do a lot of deer hunting anymore, only because it. I don't see any point waking up at 5 a.m. when I can go harvest meat by just sitting on the back porch with a cup of coffee and <laughs> yeah. picking off some axes. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm a little bit spoiled now. Right. If, if I got someone that lines up a good hunt, I'll go with them. Okay. Uh, I don't, I'm a, a big, big believer in... I don't like trophy hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do eat what I kill. Yeah, uh, nice. I, anything we go and hunt, if we're not eating it, I won't shoot it. Nice. Um, I do believe in giving, you know, being respectful. I always say this: hunters are the best conservators. So they're oh, yeah. conservationists. Conservationists, yeah. Um, because we want to take care of our wild places, our lands, all that stuff, so that we continue to have population of deer and ducks and else. Otherwise our hobby doesn't exist. So yeah. I do that. Um, love watching said combat sports, UFC, like that. Um, the other thing, my other big hobbies <laughs> doesn't quite marry up is, uh, I'm a cigar and whiskey aficionado. I love oh, both really? of them. Uh, yeah. I love cooking. And so I, you won't be hard pressed to find me, um, cook a steak or smoke a brisket and then pair you up a nice whiskey and cigar to go with it afterwards. Yeah, no joke. Uh, next time, we'll make sure that we do this in a different setting. Instead of here at the school, we'll get together and, and have a whiskey and a cigar, and uh, you could probably teach me something. It's, I've, I've, gotten, I've gotten pretty good with it. Uh, that was one of the things I first did. It's just like anything for me. Some guy told me, he goes, I wouldn't drink scotch. It's, uh, it's, you're not ready for this. And uh-huh. Some little rich, rich kid kind of upset me a little bit, and I was like, I'm going to try this. And right. immediately loved it. And so I started getting into that world, and I've started mapping out the five different regions and I had it drew it out and you know a little notebook and started doing tastings from oh you're deep one. you're deep into I, it anytime, anything I do um, I go deep into yeah if, if so. I'm gonna do something um, it goes all how way. about how about cigars you have a favorite type or primarily anything Nicaraguan um, uh-huh. uh, it, uh, Nicaraguan puros are some of my favorites typically Habana wrappers um, but anything from Nicaragua I typically like um I've also gotten into it's like a lot of this sounds like you know you have to have money to go do this stuff. You have to have. I've gotten really good at trying the expensive stuff, mm-hmm. but also finding the day to day stuff that's, in my opinion, just as good. Affordable. I can sit there and show you a six dollar cigar and a thirty dollar bottle of scotch that, quite frankly, a, a deal of crowns cost twenty five bucks. So mm-hmm. what's the difference between five dollars more for something that's comparable to a seventy dollar bottle? Right. Um, same with wine. I've gotten big on. Trying to find, you know, my deal is to find like the best buys, right? Right, right. But not skimping on quality. Yeah. So that's where I've kind of had that fun point of whenever I have someone over, I have a guy who likes bourbon, 
um, I know a pair of cigars goes with that, you oh, know, Joe. based on in, each bourbon is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, a, I'm not the biggest bourbon drinker. I just spend time doing it. So when people come over to my house, I can... You can offer up. I got to come over. At least make a good time. Yeah. So I got to come over. I want, I'm, I'm wanting to do a deal with everybody. Kind of do like a ugly Christmas jiu-jitsu stuff to celebrate all of our world champions and stuff. I got to see what, you know, What's I, I got on? two little kids. Yeah, I, I hear you. I of them. Yep, I hear you. How old are your kids? I got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. They'll be five and two, February, March. Cool. Yeah, real cool. My mine as well. February, uh, February, March. My kids go two, three. It's easy for me. Two, three, four, five. February third. So it's uh, actually April fifth. So two, three, four, five. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it helps me. Mine's easy. Valentine's Day and uh, March fourth. Now, yeah. My mom has to say it's the only the only date that God gave a commandment. I heard my head at four, so I was like, how do you know when all that happened? Oh, March 4th. Yeah, yeah. I like, okay, yeah. I like that. Nice. Um, so in jiu-jitsu, you talked about competing. Do you plan on competing again anytime soon, next year, or what, what do you have planned? This next year is my push. Okay. Um, I want to hit all the major tournaments. Mm. Um, I took a, a stint away. So first off, yeah, next year I'm hitting Austin, um, January 30th. Um then after that, um, either the weekend after going to OKC or a couple weeks after going to, to uh, New Orleans. Cool. I'm going to try to do those. Pan Americans, American, uh, uh, American Nationals, yeah. uh, Worlds. But I'm going to try to compete once a month. Oh, really? So yeah. you're going to really get after it. Yeah. This That's is, cool. This That's exciting. a big push year. So I'm going to try to turn it up where I started getting myself back in the gym, lifting. I'm so stiff today. How many stripes uh, do you have now in your purple belt? Two. Two stripes, okay. I show back up, you know, I've been out for a little while, and I pop in and here and there when I was doing rehab, but I, I show back up, and it's, I, I got to get reacclimated. Everyone's got new color and new stripes, so uh, I didn't know exactly where you were at there. So two stripes on the purple belt. Yep. That'll be exciting. I, I jumped back in the competition with uh, World League, uh, the American their, their version of American Nationals. Uh-huh. Finished third, made some mistakes there. Before that, I did Oklahoma City, Got second in class, third in open, but made some dumb mistakes along the way that I just shouldn't have done. Well, that's um, part. Of, that's part of the process as well. That's part of the growing process. Let well, me see. Uh, let's take a quick break. There's some people checking out the school here. Let's just see if we can help them. Um, that's what's fun, and I know it's any sport, but I've got a friend in San Angelo. Uh, we knew each other from. I used to live in Waco. Since thirteen. Yeah, and so she. She contacted me. She's got a five-year-old girl, and she saw my post on, uh, you know, uh, came back yesterday, and I just put a little post on Instagram, and she saw it, and she goes, hey, uh, do you think this would be something good for my girl? Uh, my daughter's kind of the runt of her class, and she's kind of having some confidence issues, and I said, yeah, it would be phenomenal. Perfect. And uh, she says, well, you know, I'm in San Angelo now. I was like, ah, I got the spot for you, you know, and so I pushed her that way, contacted Diego, and Hopefully that works out. But that's what's fun is, you know, you can go to, you can go anywhere now. The sport's popular enough. You can go anywhere, especially with our association. There's people all over, but even then you could go to, you could go to any city and find a place to train and they're going to recognize Six Blades naturally and uh, you're going to have a a respectful time. Most places. I mean, there's going to be some issues, but you can find somewhere, anywhere you go. Where else can you find, my son's four. And they're older kids that are in here. He wasn't, and they are so kind to him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, it's, like as a as a parent, things kind of change. 
you get a little heartfelt, you know, that, mm. that heartwarming moment, a little tear up. Like, these are kids that are 11, 12, and they're just being kind and sweet to this sometimes flat-out annoying four-year-old, right? right? I mean, <laughs> right. but they sit there and they interact with him. They play with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is absolutely for kids the yeah. place to instill confidence, mm-hmm. friendship, um, honesty, mm-hmm. integrity. Because the one thing we all say is the mats don't lie. That's right. No matter what age you are, eventually you're all going to understand this. The mats never lie. That's right. You can say you did this, did that, did whatever, but the moment you step out there and you feel someone's gee, you know what you really are. That's right. I, I, I you used to yourself, say... You can't lie to the mat. Excuse me. I used to say that I would never force... You know, I didn't have kids before. Now I've got kids, and I used to say I would never force them to do anything. And I still stand by that. They will do something, but I won't force them to do anything. That's how I am. Except, I've got two little girls. Except they will... I will force them to do jujitsu at an early age for a few years until they're old enough to, to communicate and figure out if they love it or not and then I'll let them make that decision but it's it's uh, uh, I think all kids like you said all kids and especially uh, girls you know at about the age of eight until about the age of eight give or take but generally about the age of eight is when you start seeing um, the difference in strength between boys and girls yeah. right until then it's all equal so my goal my goal and plan is to have them in here until about that age. And then if they decide they still like it and they want to keep going, great. And if not, then we'll, we'll do something else. But for those reasons, it's a place that I know they'll learn so much, not just about jujitsu, but about life, about respecting people. It's one of the places that, you know, you can bring kids and you don't have to worry about them. Uh, you go to ball practice, you take kids to any other setting where there's a bunch of kids and Lord of the Flies happens. You know, there's going to be bullies. There's going to be uh, respectful kids. There's going to be disrespectful kids. There's going to be everything. One thing that you don't have to worry about here is a respect issue. Absolutely. Uh, there's going to be respect, and there's going to be kindness. And, uh, and then they get to get out there and choke the hell out of each other and figure out if they like that part of it. Because you, you get to learn. You get to learn what it feels like. And yeah, I, I love Mike Tyson's quote. Everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. That's right. Yeah. You know, you're out here, you get to enact and work on the actual violent parts of the sport, but you know what it is, so you know how hard. Like, no one's ever finished an arm bar in here. Right. No one's ever finished a choke fully in here, unless the person was, you right. know, like pulling a one that I did yesterday I, where I almost went out. So yeah. I mean, no one ever finishes. <laughs> and if, if you do it, your own, half time it's your own fault. That's Everyone's right. Everyone's very gentle. And these kids learn it from an early age. Mm-hmm. It makes them bullyproof. Yes. It really does. And it's and more than that to me, I look at it from, I don't know what sport my son's going to play. Right. Do I want to play football? Probably not, only because I'm, it's not because I'm, I'm not worried about injuries. I'm more worried about the fact that I know too much about it. I don't, and I've coached it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but whatever it is they decide to go and play, you're learning body control. Yes. Learning how to move your hips, your arms, your legs, how to put on coordination and it'll just make them a better athlete yes. down the road, whatever sport they or the stick with jiu-jitsu or going to anything else. Yeah, the coordination and the strength, you know, at an early age, them doing that uh, for a little bit of time, just the, the natural strength that they'll gain. 
And, and to me, it's the biggest part is um, I've got I've got one of my kids. She has to have rough play regularly. She's a great kid, but she's uh, <laughs> she's wound tight. She's got a lot of energy, and we've noticed if she doesn't have that rough and tumble play from an early age, it's rough on her. You know, she needs to uh, look. All kids do, but she's got a little extra something to her that if she doesn't she doesn't have some rough and tumble play. Her mind ain't right. Her attitude ain't right, and so I can't wait. She's she's Nat- chomping at the bit to get in here. Competitor. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully next year. Um, and then the confidence thing, you know, for all humans, um, I think particularly maybe I'm a little more partial to it now, having girls. But I see so much of it, you know, that I think that that's important as well. The confidence and, and knowing that you can um, hopefully defend yourself at least enough to get away, at least enough to protect yourself until someone else can help you, whatever That's, it is. Growing up in West Texas, football and fighting mm-hmm. were hand-in-hand. And most of it, fighting, was a lack of confidence. People were trying to find their way. Like you said earlier, Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. We're trying to set a pecking order. Right. I look at it now, and the guy that, in an altercation that steps back, I'm more nervous about that person mm-hmm. than anyone else. Because... Mm-hmm. That one knows something. He knows something. That's right. There's, there's a reason why he's not. He, he stepped back from, from the from the situation, mm-hmm. and there's something that's very calming and very admirable about that person that I like. Instead of being the, um, not even the you know not even the bully, but just being the guy that you know, I can go beat up anybody I want to. Puffing your chest up. Yeah. yeah. False bravado. That's right. Yeah. False bravado. Uh, the the truly confident ones are the ones that. Might look down at the ground and take a step back. Well, you, you know, you we've all heard it, but you know, when when you're a badass, you don't have to tell everyone you're a badass. Exactly. That's really what it comes down to, right? I wanted to touch on something because I think this is uh, the importance jujitsu had in my life, and the reason I, I had a hiatus from competing. Mm. Um, you know, for me, when I first started competing, my parents would come and watch me, and I felt a little goofy. I'm 30 years old, but. My parents loved, you know, watching all of their kids and all of their grandkids play sports, football, whatever. They'd be at every. I got eighteen nieces and nephews, I think, something like that, or eighteen. There's eighteen grandkids in my family, mm-hmm. and my parents would be at every activity they possibly could be. Um, my dad passed a couple of years ago, uh, right as I got my blue belt, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't bring myself to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same week that he passed, my wife, had, you know, my wife had a miscarriage. Oh, uh, within twenty four hours. Wow. Uh, it was just back-to-back hits. And one of the things, there's a, there's a guy that I trained with over my old gym, and he asked me, you know, I just I kept training. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, obviously when I was at home, I was at home, but I couldn't stop. I needed some distractions in my life, and this was, jujitsu was the grounding force that I had besides my faith. Mm-hmm. And I remember the guy asked me, he goes, what's keeping you going? And I said, God in jiu-jitsu right now and my family. Right, right. I'm like, but I have to be strong for them. One of the, my family, I was always kind of the, um, the, the rock, okay. the, the grounding force. Everyone kind of, I can keep. I'm the youngest, uh, the second youngest, but I can. Have, I won't keep everyone grounded, and I couldn't really show emotion one or the other. I had to be kind of a bit stronger in, in there. At least I felt that way. And that's something that jujitsu taught me. Also, jujitsu, you learn to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You learn to be comfortable being in uncomfortable spots. That's right. Yeah. But when you have someone, whether it's Tiago, someone like me, someone who's laying on top of you, and there's mm-hmm. no way out. That's right. It's either you tap, or you learn to be comfortable mm-hmm. and find a way out, figure a way out, and that's when it all kind of culminated to me. 
so I took that hiatus away to kind of reground myself, refocus myself, and I, man, jumping back into competing, those nerves, those butterflies, all it came back again, and uh, but it felt good. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, it was a little different this time. Not having, having you know, hear my dad's voice in the background, but it was great to be out there with my teammates and and. Getting that again. competitive nature, feeling it again. Had to come back. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. So I finally competed last year, uh, um, you know, just World League. I just wanted it for the same reason. You know, I was lucky enough to, to get into combat sports, but I was way too late. So I knew that I wasn't going to do anything professionally or on a big level, but I still fell in love with it. And I got lucky and uh, had a little knack for training fighters. And um, anyway, I, I got into some some uh you know boxing and kickboxing and these type of things but it was all up in the northeast i was 25 when i started but i was in the northeast so my mom who's always you know a very active part of my life athletically was at all my track meets and ball games and all that she never got to see me fight (laughs) and so just on video and so i moved back here and they moved to fort worth and last year i was like hey I, i get to go compete and um she uh she wanted to come watch and so she uh, was all excited. I'm 39 years old, you know, and I'm going to go compete. And uh, so her and my, my stepfather come to watch. And um, my weight class, I had no opponents. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go up a weight class, whatever. You know, I, you know I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> and then that weight class, there was, there was only one other guy, but he was way heavy. So, and he just planned on going up a weight class. And uh, they, they asked if I would compete against them. And... Um, I was like, sure, if I, you know, I think I gave up 17 pounds. And, um, and the, first, the first match, he beat me on points. And the second match, he um, uh, comored me. But he beat the hell out of me. And so it was, it was, uh, it was interesting because my parents hear about jujitsu all the time and how excited I was to compete. And I felt so confident to go in there. And then I got destroyed in front of them, you know, the, the first two matches they saw. Size matters. Oh, yeah. Everyone says size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter when it's you versus average Joe. Right. But when it's equal level, equal knowledge. Oh, yeah. Size plays a factor. Yeah. Size doesn't play a big factor. Yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely, uh, that was humbling. I remember making the decision. I told Lionel the next time I compete, <laughs> because you know my mindset. I'm here to have fun. I don't give a crap. I, I'm trained with you guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got there. I just I wanted to fight. I wanted to get a match in. There was no one there, and uh, this guy wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, whatever. Seventeen pounds. Oh man, I felt every bit of it, you know. And uh, now but going forward, it. but I did it. And and going forward, I won't do that again. I, if if no if I show up and no one's in my weight class, then I'll just save <laughs> save it till next time. You know, I'll walk out of there with an easy gold. Or, or try to find someone below you. That, that, that's right. That's right. Or I'll find some hey. other moron that wants to come up and uh, give up some pounds. I'll tell you right now, the one class I hate the most are those 195ers, that, that yeah. weight right in there, because they're sometimes not as strong, but they're strong, mm-hmm. and they're in, they have endurance, mm-hmm. and they're athletic. That's what I hate. Because we talked earlier, I can't use my explosive movements all the time. Right, right. I drain out. Right. Um, I have to pick and choose. The one, I learned how to do this. My endurance here now is crazy. Because I'm learning how to conserve. Right. My old gym, every Thursday was Pohada Thursdays. Mm-hmm. We would do about an hour and 20 minutes to two hours of straight rounds. Okay. One minute breaks in between. And you could not sit out a round. Right. So you were going. I said, look around one day. I'm going, we just did 10, 12 rounds in a row. Right. And I was going, how'd that happen? And I felt so accomplished. Right. I ran like, like, like I ran a marathon. 
Um, and that's when I was using a lot more explosive movements, right? So I was just getting drained. It's good to learn how to be conservative a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I'll, uh, I'll tell you another important thing about jiu-jitsu, just something before we go is, yeah. that I find impressive is... is you not here today? He'll be here in a bit. As Les walked in the door and everyone else, where else can you find... Criminals and cops, the rich, the poor, Democrat, Republican, whatever you are, on the mats, all working towards a common goal. That's right. I think that the world would be a better place if more people got into jiu-jitsu and started learning about... It doesn't matter. We all get so stuck on these outside influences. Come do something where you have to interact with other people, right. and you'll find out that we're all pretty... We're not, we're, not the, we're not the same. That's, that, that, the spice of life is different, right? Everything can different, but it's at the end of the day, we're all in agreement on certain goals. Mm-hmm. We can all find a common ground. Preach it, brother. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I, I definitely want to have more conversation. Um, this has been a good conversation. We, Whiskey, cigars, and brisket the next time around. That's I'm right. I'm that. down. I'm down for that. Thanks so much, my man. I appreciate it. I hope everyone enjoys it. Thanks for listening.